Good morning. I appreciate everyone being here. I appreciate the invitation. It's such a pleasure to be able to preach the gospel. The one thing I need to get out of the way, I'm thankful he didn't put my name up there, said I'm Tommy Stacks, I'm ready to suffer. <laughs> and the song leader didn't lead ready to suffer. <laughs> but that's not what it's all about, as we very well know. The uh, I was thinking a moment ago when when um, when Russ was making the announcement that this was on the social media. I thought all the years back I've done radio, I've done television, but I've never spoken on social media. <laughs> so this is the first time. So those of you that will li are listening and those of you that will get the uh, DVDs, I want you to seriously think about the things that are going to be said throughout the week. Uh, am I ready to suffer? And we know that that means am I ready to suffer for the cause of Christ? In Hebrews 11, <clears throat> in verses um, 24 and 25, we're, fam we're familiar with uh, Moses and what he was uh, what he was involved in in the land of Egypt, and he made a choice at one time in his life, and he made the right choice. Uh, we read there uh, concerning Moses esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, and he, in course, forsaking Egypt. He made that choice. He chose to suffer with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It's a choice. It's something that we must make up our minds. We must come to grips with the fact that being a Christian, there are going to be times that you'll have to suffer. Now, I know they were suffering physical persecution at that time. They were not Christians, of course, concerning the... Um, uh, land of Egypt, but we know today that, that Christians do suffer. We don't, like I said, we don't suffer the persecution physically, but I'm afraid it's coming, and we need to be ready. We need lessons like this because Christ is important. The church is important. Going to heaven is the most important thing, or should be, for each of us on the face of the earth. Nothing else really matters. So am I ready to suffer for the cause of Christ? In 1 Peter 3, and verse 14, we read there, uh, and of course I use the King James Version, verse 14 says, uh, But if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. If you turn over one page, and at least it is in my Bible, in chapter 4 of 1 Peter, in verses 15 and 16, but let, us, let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. They're suffering, and we need to be ready for it. It's going to be far more intense than what we have suffered thus far. Uh, our, our world, our nation, our communities, as we say, are going down the tubes. And it's sad that that's happening. 
But I need to make up my mind. Of course, it needs. It takes preparation. Am I ready to suffer? Am, am I ready to do this? Am I ready to be faithful to the Lord? Remember on the occasion when King David was out away from his kingdom, he was in the uh, area where Ornan was, and it was time for him to uh, offer sacrifice to God. And and uh, Ornan said to him that uh, in First Chronicles twenty one twenty four. Uh, that he or, or 23 that he was going to give him that threshing floor so he could offer it to God. But this is this is David's reply in verse 24. Nay, but I will barely buy it of thee for full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. It cost us something. Are we ready to suffer? You know, I think uh, I meant to say this at the beginning. I'll probably say it in each and every lesson. But I would imagine this morning we heard throughout the house someone says, Are you ready? And you knew what that meant. You were ready to go to services. You were ready to come to worship God. And, of course, the reply may be yes. The reply may be no. But it needs to be yes concerning am I ready to suffer for the cause of Christ? Am I ready? to meet God in judgment. There's going to be repetition in these lessons as we go throughout the week, and we need to be aware of that. Uh, don't think I've lost my mind because I use things over and over, but um, we need to be reminded over and over, don't we? It's like someone says, well, I read the Bible through in my lifetime. Well, we'll read it again, you know, and again and again. I think they say Brother Robert Taylor reads the New Testament through every month. Once a month. That's 12 times a year. I don't know. Brother, brother uh, uh, Taylor is getting close to 90 years old now. If he's not already reached there. But that's a lot of time to read the New Testament. Of course, I'm told that he, can, he knows it all anyway. So why does he read it? Well, he wants to hear it over and over. And so we need to read the, the, the Bible over and over again. Uh, I guess since I'm stuck on Brother Robert Taylor, I'll tell a story about his... Uh, daughter Rebecca told said him her and her brother when they were growing up they would sit down and they would ask uh, uh, or, or they would brother Taylor would tell them uh, you quote a verse in the scriptures or read a verse in the scriptures and I'll quote the one before it and after it and he could do it every single time now that's knowing the book isn't it and that ought to be in our minds I had a, a fellow preacher student when I was in school to ask me, he said, have you started memorizing the Bible? I looked at him kind of funny. I said, well, memory works hard enough to memorize, to memorize the entire Bible. He says, well, have you ever thought you might lose your eyesight one day and you won't be able to read it? You know, people, people might ask you a question. You need to, to memorize. Well, I'm not very good at memorization. I imagine most of you are not either. But we need to memorize, and we can learn. We can do it. We can, can learn the Scriptures if we'll just apply ourselves. But am I ready to suffer for the cause of Christ? And that's, you know, I'd rather read something else. No, read the Bible. Read the Scriptures. In Luke 14, verses 25 through 28, we read, There went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come, out, come to me, and hate not his father and mother and wife and children, and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it? Have we counted the costs? Are we ready to suffer? Sometimes he mentions here that, that, uh, that if we hate not father, mother, those that are closest to us. Now we know that means in the study and the context to love less and not to put anything before God. But have we counted the cost that sometimes we even have to forsake family for the cause of Christ? It just, it just irritates me and probably many of you as well when someone misses services and you ask them uh, about their absence and they'll say something like this. Well, unexpected company came. So, bring them with you. You know, or leave them there. You don't have to, to forsake the Lord, and you shouldn't forsake the Lord. You know, if we forsake Him, what's going to happen on Judgment Day? Am I ready to suffer? Sometimes we have to give up family. Am I ready to suffer for the cause of Christ? In Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 17, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, and it begins to describe the armor that we are to have upon us. Um, and, and many today would probably, probably complain and say, well, that's just too difficult. I've even had members of the church tell me that, that the church is too difficult. It's too strict. Oh, well, have you counted the cost? What's the alternative? Uh, where will you be for eternity if you are not ready to suffer and do as God, as God has told us to do? We need to put on all the armor of God. There are two forces in battle here, and we need to understand that we're not enemies of each other. Sometimes we, we begin to murmur and complain and fuss and fight, and there are divisions everywhere. We're not the enemy. We're fighting for the cause. We're fighting for our captain of salvation, Jesus Christ. He is the captain of, of our righteousness. But there's also another captain, and we know that captain. He's the captain of evil. He, he's, the, the, he's Satan. And we make the choice. Am I going to put on the armor of God, or am I going to put on the armor of Satan? Am I ready to suffer? You know, it's easier to follow Satan's rules and regulations because that's what most of the world does. It's sad that there are literally millions and millions of people that are going to be lost because they want to just be kind of the middle of the road, so to speak. They don't, they're not ready to suffer. If anything comes up, they're, they're, they're going the other, other way. I've seen members of the church leave and not come back because somebody didn't speak to me. I've seen them leave the church because I didn't, didn't like it because we went a couple minutes over time. I didn't like it because someone didn't come and visit me. Well, why don't you go visit them? You know, that'll settle it, wouldn't it? You both would have a visit then. You could visit with each other. But we always want others to do, but we're not ready to suffer. Am I ready to suffer? I hope we hope and pray that each of us are. In Hebrews 2, verse 10, it reads there, For it became Him for whom are all things and by whom are all things, and bringing in many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. In verse 14 of Hebrews 2, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, 
He also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. We're on one of the two sides, are we not? We are his servants to whom we obey. Am I ready to suffer? Christ calls for volunteers. This is, um, uh, you know, he's not going to force himself on anyone. Sometimes there are those today that they obey the gospel because uh, husband or wife or, or son or daughter or someone related to them or someone they, they feel like wants them to obey the gospel and they obey because of someone else. Don't obey because of someone else. Know that you know that you know that you know that you know what the Bible says and you have obeyed the gospel because you know that's what, what you're supposed to do. And whatever comes with that, I'm ready to suffer. You know, Christ call is calling for everyone. Satan is calling for everyone. He wants volunteers. But the price is enormous when we deal with Satan, is it not? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But then it tells us what the reward of the wage is if we are faithful to God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's either one or the other. Death or eternal life with the Father. Am I ready to suffer? We as Christian soldiers need a battle plan. We need a battle plan like this. When do I fight? You know, sometimes we ask ourselves that question uh, when we hear people in discussions. Uh, am I supposed to get into this? Sometimes it's not appropriate. Sometimes it's not the time. It's not the best time to do things. We need to understand that. We need to go over in our mind a battle plan. What am I going to do if this happens, if this happens? What am I going to do if this nation turns to the point of putting the padlocks on the doors out there, burning the building down? What are we going to do? What are we going to do if they enter in and they say, well, here's your chance, leave or die. Are we going to leave or are we going to die? We need to have a battle plan. We need to know when to fight. We need to know when to run away. We need to know when to flee. We need to know when do we stand still and stand our ground. There needs to be a battle plan in saying I'm ready to suffer. We know in the past God has, has had His people to physically fight. Uh, Israel was totally to destroy the Canaanites. In Deuteronomy 7, verse 2, it says, When the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. That means wipe them out, doesn't it? Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show, show mercy unto them. God did not want His people to worship idols. God did not want His people to marry the sons and daughters of those heathen nations. And so He said, wipe them out. Take care of that. King Saul was told in 1 Samuel 15 to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And we remember in studying that in, in uh, 1 Samuel 15, and, and Amalek, the king, what he had done, he had laid in wait for Israel when they came up from Egypt. And so... You know, there was a problem there. He didn't like the children of Israel, so God told him to destroy them. That's a different lesson, a different uh, uh, situation concerning what, what uh, Samuel failed, not Samuel, but King Saul failed to do. 
Saul, did, Saul was told not to spare man, woman, infant, suckling, ox, sheep, camel, and ass in verse 3. And you think, wow, what did the animals have to do with it? Well, I know they were probably raising some of those animals for sacrifice. And God said, just wipe them out. And of course, this was also a situation that, that uh, he wanted the people to be dependent upon him. So am I ready to suffer? God demands us as Christians to fight, but we don't fight that way anymore. We don't fight to take people's lives. We're not in the business of taking human life. But we are in a fight for the truth. Remember putting on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6? Are we putting on that battle armor? Am I ready to suffer? Our fight is to, is to bring people to Christ, to fight for that truth. First, or 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, that's our purpose, isn't it? We're in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. You know, so often we say of others that we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. There's no benefit of the doubt when it comes to the Scriptures. We need to know the Scriptures kindly as we can, point that out. Not mealy mouth and mushy type stuff, but be firm. You know, that's, what, that's the way we do with our children when we correct them, is it not? Now, honey, you know you shouldn't do this. That's not the way we correct them. We know that they're going to, to, to suffer if we don't correct them firmly but lovingly. They're going to suffer, and sometimes they might suffer their life. You know, how many of us would, if we were to see one of the children walking out toward the highway and we see a car coming, how many of us would not even think twice about jerking that child by the arm or body slamming it or whatever to keep it to get hit from getting hit by that car? Oh, well, it's going to hurt them. Yes, it is. It's going to hurt terribly. But not as bad as it would to get hit by that car. It would take their life. So we need to firmly and boldly and lovingly let people know what the Bible says. We're not in the business of, of getting people told. That's not what we're in this for. We're not in the business of, of uh, winning the battle and lose, or winning the, uh, yeah, winning the battle and losing the war. We want to win the war, and we want everyone to win the war, the war against Satan. Am I ready to suffer? God demands us to fight, but not to take human life. Paul said to Timothy. In 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Why, Timothy? Well, the last part of that verse says, or the next part of that verse says, lay hold on eternal life. We have to fight that fight if we want to lay hold on eternal life. Am I ready to suffer? You know, to, to fight the good fight of faith, we cannot be ashamed of the gospel. Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel, Romans 1.16. And he said, why? For it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
Am I ready to fight that fight or am I ashamed of the gospel? We need to study and then study and then study some more, do we not? Jude 3 says that we are to earnestly contend for the faith. Well, to contend for something is sounds like boldness, doesn't it? Uh, to contend for the faith, we have to have on the whole armor of God. You know, what soldier would go out to battle without his rifle, without his helmet, without his protection gear, without his boots, without his uniform? He's ready. He puts on the whole armor of God. Are we ready to put on the whole armor of God? Without the proper protection, we cannot stand against the wiles of the devil, as Ephesians 6, 11 says. Are we ready to suffer? Are we ready, ready to fight against the wiles of the devil? The um, I was talking to, or spoke at, uh, wherever it is down there, in Malika for their vacation Bible school. And I was relating a story about <clears throat> how one of the elders had had uh, had been reported, one of the elders had won $60,000 at the casino. And after the services, Brother Donnie Nero says, well, you wouldn't believe. He said, that's interesting that you brought that up. He said, you wouldn't believe what I run into today, that morning. He said there was a there were some people talking in the store where he was, and they were talking about the church there in the Okima area that the church owned the casino because one of the elders was their promotional person. And I thought, wow, they're not ready to suffer, are they? Are we ready to stand against the wiles of the devil? Don't you see all the commercials on television about the casinos and the drinking and the, the smoking? Well, I guess the smoking commercials come on anymore, but they kind of get it in there uh, subtly the best way they can. But all of these things that show how glamorous it is to do that, that's one of the wiles of the devil. Don't fall prey to it. Are we ready to suffer? We must be ready to fight at every opportunity. Paul said in Philippians 1.17, I am set for the defense of the gospel. Can we defend the gospel? Let me ask you a question. You might think about this. Uh, well, do it quickly because I want you to listen to the lesson. But can you give me the plan of salvation? Can you give me book, chapter, and verse for it? And then ask yourself, how long have I been a member of the church? I believe, I believe those things to be true, but I can't tell anyone for the life of me what the plan of salvation is. Do you know why we don't use instrumental music in worship? Do you know why we partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week? Well, no, that's just something we do. We have to be ready. We have to be set for the defense of the gospel. I love what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach. Y'all already completed that, haven't I? I hope you have. Preach the Word. Don't preach anything else. Oh, well, that preacher made me feel so bad. Well, good. That's what he's supposed to do. Guess what? Made, made himself feel bad too. Because I'm guilty of some of the things that I, I preach. I'm guilty of not doing and I'm guilty of doing. And so we need to read the Scriptures and hear lessons over and over again 
But they need to be the Word. Preach the Word. Nothing but the Word. You know, the bottom line is to fight. Be more aggressive in our teaching and preaching and plain speaking. Look at the... the uh, not to get into political realm uh, very deeply, but look, look what's happening to us today politically speaking because, you know, we beat around the bush. We haven't been plain in our speaking. We haven't been plain in our speaking in the church either. There have been, I wouldn't say many a job, but there have been several preaching uh, jobs that they told me where the road was because kept preaching the Word. I had one congregation to tell me, as long as you preach the truth, you've got a, a job here. I kept preaching the truth and preaching the truth. They get, kept getting more and more uneasy as time went on. And I kept preaching the truth. And finally it was time for me to leave, they said. And I asked one of the elders, I said, I thought you told me as long as I preached the truth, I had a job here. He said, I did. I said, well, tell me whatever I've preached. And his head bowed and he says, you haven't preached in here. We don't want to hear it. We want, we want the softness. We want the mushy. We want the, the, the uh, mealy mouth speaking. We don't want plain speaking and preaching and teaching. Am I ready to suffer? Does it hurt when the preacher says something and you feel like he's talking directly to you? Guess what? If you're guilty, he is talking directly to you. doesn't mean that he knows about your life to that extent. But that's what preaching is for. It's not to beat around the bush. It's to be plain in our speaking. And so God demands His people at times to fight. Am I ready to fight? You're going to have to suffer if you do. God demands His people sometimes to flee. But he, He's very specific in that as fleeing when temptation comes. When the, the friends of ours say, uh, or our associates say, let's go down to the casino for a little while. Let's go get a beer. Let's do this. Let's do that. And we know that those things are wrong. And we know that, that uh, if we don't go with them, that they're going to make fun of us. Well, God demands us to flee from those kinds of temptations. Remember Joseph, he's a good example in Genesis 39. Joseph had been sold into slavery and brought to Potiphar's house. And the, the Lord was with Joseph, it tells us in Genesis 39.2. And he became second to, to Potiphar. I want to say call him Pharaoh. Uh, he, wanted, he became sec, second to Potiphar. And we remember Potiphar's wife. She was tempting Joseph day by day. And she wanted Joseph to come lie with her in Genesis, or Genesis 39, verse 7. And verse 12 of Genesis 39 indicates that Joseph fled from the temptation. He ran away. He said, I don't want to have any part of it. Well, Joseph was not a coward. That's what he should have done. He was not a weakling because really that showed his strength. He was strong. He was ready to suffer. Whatever the case was, and we know the end of that story that he was thrown into prison because uh, of the accusations that Potiphar's wife made. I don't know that Potiphar believed it or not. The Bible doesn't say, but it makes you wonder. But he had to save face, didn't he? And so Joseph had to suffer. I like what, what Joseph said in Genesis 39.9. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? How can I sin against God 
the one that created the universe, the one that sent His only Son to die on the cross for my sins, the one that was crucified there for me, how can I yield to that temptation? Again, uh, Moses is a good example I used earlier in Hebrews 10.25. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. No one has ever denied that sin is not pleasure. If it wasn't pleasure, no one would be interested in it, would they not? Why would you want to do something that's not fun, enjoyable? And so Moses made that choice. There's pleasure in sin, but we have to flee from, from that, that, that pleasure because we know very well that the pleasure is only temporary and it's only for a short time. But the things in heaven, oh, don't you want to go to heaven? You know, it, it, it means more to me now than it did just a few weeks ago. Seems like every time I think about heaven and receiving the reward, I think of Brother Larry Orr. I think, wow, have we suffered a blow in the church and the Lord's kingdom losing such a man as that? Who's going to replace him? Will it be me, you? Who's it going to be? He needs to be replaced. Not by one, but by many. I don't know that anyone, well, I know any, no one could replace him. But he has laid his armor down. He's a true soldier that had on the whole armor of God. He fought a good fight. And he finished his course and he kept the faith, just as Paul said. Peter was an individual many times that he got involved with this, this uh, uh Truth from 1 Corinthians 15.33, evil communications corrupt good manners. They had taken the Lord, you know, the enemy had taken the Lord, and they were going to take Him and try Him and crucify Him. And so Peter was interested, and he began to follow afar off. He began to wander around with the soldiers, with the enemies, and, you know, he was in the wrong company. He didn't flee from those evil uh, companions. And we know that he went on to deny the Lord three times just as the Lord said that he would. But I often think of this. Can you imagine the feeling when the Lord turned and looked upon Peter when he denied him those three times? Can you imagine the feeling standing before him in judgment and you haven't suffered for the cause of Christ? You know, we can bear temptation by putting it out of our sight. God provides a way to escape from temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And we need to understand fully the, what 1 Peter 5, 8 says, that the devil, Satan, is walking about to and fro upon this earth as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's after me. And he's after you. And he's not easily going to give up. He's going to do everything that he can. He's the enemy. He's the roaring lion. I'm not the roaring lion for speaking plain and boldly this morning. You might think, I wish you'd have been a little bit gentler on this. No, we need to be a little bit more firm because of the direction that everything is going. More and more firm, day in and day out. 
God also demands His people to stand when persecution comes. Christ was led to the high priest when they took Him as uh, uh, captive. And He was tried and finally they crucified our Lord. And you think, you think about this. He, he had the power to destroy all of His enemies. Remember what he said in, in Matthew 26, uh, 26, 53. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legion of, legions of angels. I can wipe you out in the blink of an eye. But he didn't do it. You know, there are people today that want to fight physically because you don't believe what they believe, but we're not... Uh, one of the lessons is I'm ready to give an answer, but you know we ought to be ready to give an answer, shouldn't we? But this this lesson, am I ready to suffer? Am I ready to take a stand? Hebrews five eight and nine tells us that Jesus became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. Obedience, not just. Kind of, or a little bit obedience. You know, it's like, uh, like they say, um, they say something when you get old, you forget what you're going to say. <laughs> the uh, partial obedience is no obedience. That's what I wanted to say. Partial obedience is no obedience. Well, am I obeying the Lord to its fullest extent? But it's going to cause me. Are you ready to suffer? Are we ready to suffer for His cause? We're to have the same mind and attitude as Christ. Paul wrote in Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5, he said, let this mind be in you. What do we think about? He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and, be, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He died for the cause. He was ready to suffer. Am I ready to suffer? Jesus was submissive to the will of God. Am I submissive to the will of God? He suffered in the flesh for me and for you. But somebody looked at me wrong. Somebody didn't speak to me. I don't know if everyone knows this. I like to tell it every now and then. I got a fellow hit me on purpose with a golf club back in 1967. Before many of you were born. Knocked out my left eye, so it's not real. And and many times in working with congregations, if someone comes up on the wrong side of me, I'll bump into them because I don't see them. I had a lady get mad because I bumped into her, and I tried to explain to her I was sorry and what the situation was. She didn't speak to me for I don't know how many months. Was she ready to suffer? No. You know, sometimes we all, we all do this. We'll be looking directly at somebody and won't see them. Have you ever done that? You didn't see me? No. I, I was out in space somewhere. I was looking beyond you. And they get angry. Jesus suffered for us. 
And I'm not ready to suffer. Yes, we need to be. First Peter 4 verse 1 says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, watch this, it says, Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Am I arming myself with the same mind as Christ? Am I ready to, to die for His cause? I don't know what we would do. I don't know that any of us knows what we would do in certain situations. But I know one thing, if we prepare, we study and we dig deeply into the Scriptures and we realize what we should be doing, it's going to be a better chance that we'll do what's right if when the time comes. But there has to be preparation. We have to dig into the Scriptures. James said this, the trying of our faith worketh patience in James 1.3. Yes, it takes patience. How many of us have heard something like this about a marriage that takes patience with each other? <laughs> it takes patience to be a Christian too. Patience with each other. Sometimes we act like we don't like each other, that we're the enemy. And we're not the enemy. We're trying to get to heaven. We're trying to help one another get to heaven. And we should be ready to suffer. We shouldn't be getting our feelings hurt over something that was said or something that was not said. But so often today, and, and I still have this problem, probably most of us do, when someone does us wrong, we want to seek revenge, don't we? I'll get you back. I had an elder's wife one time to say that She will get you back, I promise, and it's going to be worse than what you did to me. I thought, wow. Seeking revenge when persecuted. Matthew 5.39 Jesus said that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right, right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now he's not claiming that we should take everything that someone dishes out to us. We should not... He's not saying we shouldn't defend ourselves. We ought to defend ourselves. We don't do other people any service whatsoever if we let them run over us. We need to defend ourselves. But we don't need to seek revenge. Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. As a soldier... That's what we are as Christians in the Lord's army. We must be faithful to Him in everything. But remember I said something about a battle plan? God has that, has that battle plan. We have the Word of God. We can read and study it. We can know what we must do. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, Truly furnished unto all good works. We have it. We have what God desires of us. But are we ready to suffer? You stand for the truth, and you're going to suffer. It makes me question myself sometimes. Well, have I suffered enough? And then I ask myself, well, have I, have I stood for the cause of Christ as I should? Because I know that if I stand firm on what's right, I'm going to suffer. Thank you for your attention.